Hello and welcome to Is Made Is a Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with the chum chewer himself. Josh Hemo. I don't know how I feel about chum yet. Do I, look, I do like chewing it, though. It's pretty good. I'm sorry to call you such a, a horrible name. It's okay. I'll own up to it. I, I, won't, I won't be censoring <laughs> that, so I'm also apologizing to the children at home <laughs> for my foul language. Dare you poison me in the youths, the minds of the youths. Oh, yes. That's what our whole <laughs> podcast is about. We just watch SpongeBob, get those nice life lessons, and then poison the youth's minds. So, yeah. This week, we check out Season 2, Episode 12, Pressure and the Smoking Peanut. Act 1, Pressure. So, SpongeBob and Sandy are just laying out, having a good old time, enjoying the beautiful sea sky. I guess it's the sky, right? Yeah, right? all those beautiful clouds in the sky. All the beautiful clouds in the sky. And then um, they end up having like this nice little friendly competition going on. And Sandy and SpongeBob kind of end up taking it a little bit too serious. They get to the Krusty Krab. And then the whole episode basically becomes sea creatures versus land creatures with uh, Sandy forcing everybody to go on land. And then kind of everyone coming to an understanding that we all can do what we're good at. So to open this whole thing up, I was just really trying to look at the events of the episode. Uh-huh. But do you think Sandy had it coming when she kind of made it whole, like the sea creatures versus land creatures? I think so. Yeah. I think that, I, I mean, it's hard for her, I'm sure, to be the only land creature under in Bikini Bottom. Yeah. Um, but definitely like trying to make this whole thing about like, she could do stuff better because she's a land creature and you guys are just see like it's not i don't think it's it was yeah when she opened up like that level of argument like sandy like what are you doing why why are you bothering to open up this whole like can of worms it's weird because we just came off of the squirrel joke episode where Mm -hmm. she didn't want to be insulted for being a squirrel or like a land creature and then I don't know if this happens chronologically or like what order this all falls in. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of times when Sandy walks into this kind of stuff where she sets this up like, oh, I'm I'm a land creature, so I know what I'm doing or I'm smart, I handle this. I'm like, okay, don't separate yourself. When she pulls off her helmet, like what was she, what was her next step? Like obviously she's not going to last very long. No, it's just to show off. I was like, this This was a weird episode for Sandy. She was very much like the opposite of what I would think a role model that we've talked about her in the past should be. Obviously, she was not thinking very logically, which is very out of character for her. Yeah. Um, very emotional, which we have seen in the past with like the Texas episode. However, I do think that she went a little bit too far in trying to pick like a fight that she's never going to win. And it's also such a subjective thing. Like, yeah. There's that whole... Um, what do they say? Like, oh, if you judge a fish on its ability to climb, you know, it'll spend its whole life thinking it's an idiot. Like, you know, that whole oh, what saying is that? Like, or, a saying? Like, yeah. I don't know what those are called. Idiom, I guess. <laughs> Idiom, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's like you can't. It's like apples and oranges. Yeah, yeah, that's what doesn't make sense. Like a lot of the stuff that she was doing, like they could never do, and stuff that they were doing, like SpongeBob budding, and like that weird. I think it's the, I guess they were like filtering water for food is what that thing was where their eyes get all big and they start breathing yeah. heavy. 
Like, she's not going to be able to do that. Like, it just doesn't make any sense why you pitch, you like have this really unfair competition between the two of you. It's never going to add up to anything. Definitely not. Okay, so I'm glad you brought up the budding thing because mm-hmm. SpongeBob specifically said, can you reproduce by budding? So those things that came off of him were literally his children. Yeah. And we never see hit like see those children again. <laughs> and it stresses me out. What do you think they where do you think they go? I think they died. I think he just oh. killed them. <laughs> he, he used them to prove a point and then he let them die on their own. That's so so wild. SpongeBob. I didn't know he was so savage. I think it also just <laughs> It plays into the theory that we had about like spun like there being multiple SpongeBob's throughout time. Yeah, because it's very easy for him to just make you know extras, make more of him. Like I like to think maybe he has like a secret basement full of other SpongeBob's. You know how like sometimes in like sci-fi movies, there's just like like rows and rows of like people floating in like tubes, like tubes or in yeah. like liquid. They're like clones. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think SpongeBob has one of those in his under his pineapple? I honestly would not be surprised if that was the case. I mean, we do know for a fact he lasts all the way into the future. Yeah, I, and there's like multiple. I guess there's multiple SpongeTrons or whatever they were in the future, but still, mm-hmm. I would. Someone believe has to build those. Someone has to build them. Can't just be him by himself. Yeah, it's him and himself and himself and himself and himself <laughs> until they die. I guess you'll never be lonely, but what a life. Imagine. <laughs> I couldn't deal with myself that much. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Let's talk about the opening of the episode where he and Sandy have that race to the Krusty Krab. Lots of feats of godlike power within that. Yeah. But the biggest thing is how did Sandy teleport to the top of the mountain that's a good question after didn't spongebob drop rocks or something on her no he no used no, no. The, he, she she dropped it on him but he's the umbrella umbrella and she was already up there i don't know that is a good question and the same thing for spongebob that he teleported to the crusty crab too mm-hmm. so See, but we have seen spongebob exercise this kind of power before but yeah. sandy have never seen her do that so no. that's why i thought it was very interesting because imagine in the Texas episode if she had used that skill. And she caught up to them, right? <laughs> she was so already right. at in front of like Spongebob and Patrick instead of like lassoing them to their deaths. Yeah, that's a good question. I guess I don't, unless it's not like teleportation, it's like super speed. Maybe Sandy has this like weird, but then again, why didn't she use it before? Mm-hmm. Maybe the more time she spends in Bikini Bottom, the more she gets the abilities or whatever. Oh, that would also explain Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Yeah. You know, maybe land creatures underwater for prolonged periods of time equals superpowers. Yeah. Just being exposed to whatever this was happening down there. The radiation. The radiation. <gasps> Going back to it. New theories, man. <laughs> We're developing new theories. We haven't had one in a while. This one's a good one. This is good. I like that one. It's pretty solid. It would explain, yeah. uh, I love SpongeBob's little, uh, when he's talking about uh, different strengths, he does. He talks about his finger strength. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has flexing his fingers because we know SpongeBob isn't like strong at all, but his fingers look pretty muscly. That's pretty impressive. What do you think he's been doing with those fingers? Huh? Mm-hmm. He has plenty of mm-hmm. holes to work with. So 
Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. This is not PG. This is not PG. I don't sorry. like it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I started off the episode with such violent language, and it's a bit of bad influence on you. <laughs> oh, me. Why do you think that the uh, clouds are flowers? I've always wondered that about the SpongeBob universe, and that's something that's kind of iconic about SpongeBob are the flowers mm-hmm. that we see in the sky. But what are they? Because there's not just flowers floating around in the ocean right do we want to go like more like crazy explanation or more like scientific explanation what do you want to hear which one choose your own adventure josh she's like i want to hear the cra- your crazy explanation why do you think i'm thinking maybe it's like the radiation it's like fucks up all like the like how the water looks uh-huh. maybe the algae interacting and maybe the algae just like forms these weird flowers oh okay or maybe all the all the people of bikini bottoms are just so high from all the radiation <laughs> that they see flowers see flowers like some like 60s hippie stuff right yeah yeah okay they're just really high What's... which is not really a, a crazy thing no but like it's a little scientific it could be possible because i've always wondered that it just doesn't it never made sense to me but it doesn't make sense, but it does make sense, you know? I guess so. In like, some... it fits the hashtag aesthetic, but it doesn't yeah. fit the diegesis <laughs> of, the, of the whole thing. I guess when you're a kid, you're not questioning why there are flowers in the sky. No, you never question anything as a child. No. Well, you, or, or you question all the wrong things, I would yeah, say. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you, what small lessons you got? Uh, for this one is definitely got that we should embrace our differences like it does even even between sea creatures and like this land uh and like the land creatures like even mm-hmm. between spongebob and patrick had different skills than what like patrick and squidward have it so it's like or mr even, krabs's weird eye thing yeah yeah like skills that aren't super useful for a particular person but being able to embrace that this person like has this ability or is like good at something i think is a good skill to have um mm-hmm. Especially when like trying to make friends and stuff, like embracing the differences instead of trying to find similarities between you makes stuff more interesting, like friendships and relationships a little bit more interesting. Do you have any friends that have weird weird quirks like that? I'm sure. Let me see if I can think of one off the top I, of my head. I remember uh I had a friend in in middle school and in high school. He was double jointed. Oh. So like he he could double joint all his fingertips. And then he also was double jointed in his thumb, and he'd make these weird cup things with his hand. He's a very lanky child. Okay. So he like would he would like put his hands like this, and he'd be like cupping his hands, and it would look all like jacked up. Like he Crazy broke people, his fingers. Man. Yeah. I had I had this uh like girlfriend in middle school that was like really like double jointed, but we used to hold hands. I would like purposely bend her fingers all the way back, and they like touched the back of her hand. <laughs> So I guess that's like weird quirkiness. I don't know. That's, I feel a, like, I that's feel like not a, weird quirkiness. That's a weird fetish you have. No, I, don't I don't like it. I don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just but kidding. I, but no, I th- no kink shaming. <laughs> no kink shaming. Um, but I do think that I think everyone has some sort of weird quirky thing. I think maybe if you, if you think about it long enough, like I'm pretty sure I could figure out something that I do or something that you do would be like a weird quirky thing. I'll try to think of one, but I don't I don't think I have any. I'm, I'm pretty vanilla mm. on my my body quirks. Yeah. Doesn't just um, be part. We'll figure, we'll figure something out. <laughs> what about you? What do you mean? Uh, lessons. <laughs> oh, me lessons. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, let's yeah. see. Hmm. 
Uh, one of mine that I had was don't endanger yourself to prove a point. That's good. I feel like we see that a lot, especially with men. We like try to do like that to- toxic masculine situation where Macho, it's like, I can lift off. this. Watch me lift this. Or I can jump off this thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I also like when where they were talking about feeling sorry for yourself. And, and it's like, Mr. Krabs is like, yay for feeling sorry for yourself. And I feel like it's okay to feel sorry for yourself every now and then. I like that one as like a little little mini thing. Yeah. I do like that. I feel like it's a like there's nothing wrong. Like as long as you're not like throwing yourself a pity party every day. If like something mm-hmm. crappy happened, you had a bad day, it's okay to be sad about it for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you can allow yourself some time to grieve. Yeah. <laughs> Let's discuss how our sea friends look on land. Good, good, good. First of all, why are they all naked? That's a good question. Uh, somehow they all lost their clothes as soon as they came on the land. Again, yeah. maybe it's a weird hallucination into the water that they all imagine that they have clothes on. I could see that. Slowly building on this theory, I like it. Yeah. Also, Squidward looks looks odd. He was Just my a touch. favorite live action <laughs> character. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope when you know this whole trend of like Disney remaking their movies into live action when Spongebob gets live action it, they look like what we saw in this episode <laughs> just plastic toy like, versions of themselves except uh, for Squidward who is like looks actually looks like himself but <laughs> yeah. in a weird squid way I think his way. nose is like probably th- four times the size it is normally in real life. yeah it's great I don't know it was it was slightly like it felt inappropriate like, you look at him and you're like, I feel like this should be censored, but I don't really know why. It's fine. I, do, I did like uh, live-action Sandy, too. It's just like a little squirrel puppet with, yeah. like, a fishbowl on her head. I've always enjoyed how SpongeBob goes about their outside of, like, the animation is so good, but then, like, anything above land, it just looks, like, the worst quality The worst quality, possible. right? Yeah. You can see all the fishing line and like just them going full fledged into the aesthetic is nice. Yeah. It's like a nice little campy feel to it. Knowing that the show itself like isn't super campy. Yeah. It's, it's nice. Yeah. What is worse for you in your opinion? Do you think seagulls or pigeons are worse? Ooh, I would say seagulls. And like I'm looking based just okay. Going based off looks, I would say pigeons because seagulls are definitely like you look at them. You're like, oh, wow, you look. They look nice, mm-hmm. right? But as far as like actual physical like presence, seagulls are the worst because I've seen seagulls like straight up jack food from people's hands. They're so aggressive. They're like super aggressive. Whereas like pigeons, like they really have you really have to be not paying attention for a pigeon to like steal a slice of pizza from you, yeah, you know? or anything like that. Like seagulls, like you look away from your ice cream cone for like two seconds and. Boom, you're jacked. Boom, it's gone. They took it. They took your baby. And they <laughs> took like, your purse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like super horrifying creatures. They got some balls on around. them for sure. Like I don't mm-hmm. I like just going to places like even like SeaWorld where people are just mm-hmm. like eating food and there's sequels everywhere. They'll just like swoop down and take the French fry right out of your mouth. It's crazy. I'm like what the balls. You're trying on this to bird. feed the dolphin and then yeah. boom, seagull. Seagull. Like, I paid $40 for that sardine. <laughs> but, okay, seagull, you can have it. Piece of no, those piece seagulls are assholes. <laughs> They're worse. They're worse than pigeons. 100%. I, I look at pigeons and I'm like, 
pigeons, but now I'm like, I want to be a little bit more respectful to pigeons. They're, they're okay. They're just... That's one, that's one small lesson. Seagulls are worse than pigeons. Yeah. Kung Fu kick a, or a seagull, it's probably okay. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, don't condone that behavior. Redacted, redacted. <laughs> redact, cut it out, Omar. Cut it out, future Omar. Cut this in post. <laughs> All right, time for the bubble break. Ready for this bubble break. We're going to keep uh, in line with the first act of this episode, and we're going to talk about fish. Well, I guess not fish. Sea versus land creatures. So we're going to talk about different matchups we'd like to see and who we think has the edge on sea and on land. You know, so like maybe we'll pick like like a crab. I'll start it off. We'll do okay. crab versus rat. Okay. Do you think if a rat went into the ocean and fought a crab, do you think it'd win? Crab, or I think rats are pretty feisty, I mm-hmm. think. And especially when put into a situation that they need to like get out of or they're like fighting for their lives. Like I think they can probably tear apart that crab pretty quickly. And then same thing on land. Do you think a, a crab could fight? Like obviously the crab has advantage in the water. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. feel I, I don't think that I've never witnessed a crab move fast enough to be like handle kind of like a, like a rat situation, you know, but have you seen like, I want you to look up a snow crab. Hold, please. They're they're like, or uh, let's see. If, I watch a lot of Bone Appetit, and there's one where he goes crabbing. Yeah, and he goes and he gets a, I think it's a snow crab or a Dungeness crab. And let me tell you, I guess he's those, a pretty big. Those those are beefy suckers. Are you rethinking it? I am rethinking it now. I guess that's the thing too. I don't th- I don't know if if a rat would be able to get through a shell necessarily. Maybe, but. Uh, maybe a crab. I think I would go a crab. Okay, so in yeah. water, definitely crab. Yeah. What do you think on land? No, I don't think on land. I don't think on land. I still think I'd still go with the rat on land. See, I th- I still think I think I'd go with crab. Yeah. Yeah. I I I think I don't know what the really the biting force is of a rat, but I don't think it's strong enough for to pierce the shell of a crab. That's fair. I mean, that's I just like they used to use rats in torture, like in the medieval days, and like they tear through a human. And that's the thing is, like, I think input in the right situation, rats can, like, be pretty, pretty dangerous. I could see that. That's, that's good. That was Incl- a good one. And an enclosed space. An enclosed space, yeah. All right. Do you got one, Josh? That's a good one. Uh, I do. Yeah. What do you think about a raccoon mm. versus an octopus? Raccoon, octopus all the way. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Water or land because oct- octopi are some very aggressive like just if you get one of those octopuses that can like camouflage yeah i think a raccoon wouldn't know what to do i think it would just see it and then like octopuses are so freaking smart is it octopi octopuses octopuses either way an octopus (laughs) a raccoon up i think i think you're right i think that i think you're probably right there i I heard somewhere once that if humans never evolved like from Mm -hmm. apes or whatever that the octopus would be the smartest in like top of like the chain of like animals and stuff. That. Yeah. Just cause how intelligent and like, like conniving, I not conniving, I guess this yeah. how good they are at like surviving and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, okay. So let me think of this. What about, let's see. I want to do two small things or maybe we'll do two big things. 
maybe that's see that's it's it's tough because like i don't know how like a dolphin would fight right but i'm sure they could or like any other fish well dolphins are definitely murderers oh, they 100 percent are 100%. murder and rapers so yeah <laughs> yeah um, rape caves loch ness monster sick versus bigfoot i i would say i would give it to the loch ness monster I think mm-hmm. I think all they would have to do is get the big like get Bigfoot close enough to the water to drown him. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, an, an alligator versus like a shark? Because alligators kind of like, you know, can do both. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I oh man, I had heard I read something about this somewhere like people did this mashup before. I think it was given to the alligator just because of how fast they can move when they're mm-hmm. swimming and stuff. And I think Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong, but I think that their bite is stronger than than the sharks. I think. I can see that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I feel like sharks have like the just like overwhelming, like power. Like they just like they don't. They're just wild cards. They don't know what the hell they're eating. They just kind of go for it. Yeah, and I feel like that's in the water. That's kind of dangerous. I feel like. Alligators are the same way though. They're pretty vicious. I mean, they, they like but I feel actually like there's go after more something th- like spin thought that goes into an alligator. Like, oh, I think That's... okay. So, hear me out. The way like a shark attacks, like its eyes roll back and then it just like goes goes crazy. Right? Okay, and then it goes crazy and it just keeps doing that until eventually you know it's dead or whatever they try to attack is dead. Whereas like an alligator is more like I'm I'm stalking my prey and then I attacked it. And then once I have it, I just spin around until it dies, you know? Yeah. Okay. So it makes me think that there's a little bit more thought going on in the alligator where it's like, okay, this is my tactic. Whereas like a shark's just like, let me eat you. It's going full ham. I'm going to just eat you. And if you don't fit my mouth, I'm going to chew you up until you fit my mouth. That's fair. Okay. So that's why I would give it to the Mm. shark. Just like, you know, you never want to fight someone that's just like, plain old crazy yeah yeah no that's I true feel like that's, that's true i feel like that's what it is that's pretty good that's pretty good reasoning there that's good okay eagle versus dolphin i think dolphin i think dolphins are smarter than eagles too it just like as far as like intelligence goes and yeah. i think that i don't know how an eagle would try to f- up a, a dolphin enough well there's like eagles that can like uh pick up deer Mm -hmm. have you seen that yeah yeah like what's the dolphin size relative to a deer i guess that's true could an eagle pick up a dolphin (laughs) these are the questions we need answers if you're (laughs) so if you're please uh message us if you think an eagle could lift up a dolphin (laughs) like a baldy like i'm talking about like a a big eagle not like the little little tiny ones i feel like if if they could then that gives Mm -hmm. them a good pretty good running i don't know if it'd be enough to stop a do- dolphins are pretty fast too i yeah. guess eagles can be fast too but i still think a dolphin just has kind of like how the shark had that like wild kind of crazy card i feel like dolphins can get to that point yeah like one 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 day you're petting a dolphin the next day it's attacking you yeah and killing you and drowning you <laughs> underwater and then doing horrible things to your corpse the actual truth though <laughs> right. dolphins are assholes. that's all you need to know from this bubble break End of bubble break. <laughs> Act two, the smoking peanut. So we join our, whoa, do you not, do you not like how the way I introduced that? 
That was just the smoking peanut. <laughs> is is his funny title? <laughs> that could be a a solid. Now I'll let you I'll let you do your thing and then I'll talk about it later. It's a solid band name for sure. Like band name club, like a nightclub. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna go drink at the smoking peanut. <laughs> oh, okay. Fallback plan. We'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. But we join uh, our good friends Patrick and SpongeBob uh, at the zoo, and they want to go check out the oyster stadium where there's the big clamu. Um, Clamu happens to be asleep. Oh, it's free day too, by the way. It's free day, and Mr. Krabs is running around and gathering as much as he can, <laughs> taking <laughs> advantage great. of the zoo. Exactly. It's his favorite day. Clamu happens to be asleep, so in order to like get him to do something, they uh, SpongeBob throws a peanut at Clamu, who wakes up and automatically starts screaming. So the rest of this time that weighs on SpongeBob, he's like, I can't believe I woke up this clam who's or this oyster who's terrorizing the town and it turns out in the end that mr krabs had stolen clamu's baby or pearl who ended up being his child mr That's krabs crazy. always a villain yeah and he just kind of gets away with it too yeah and because <laughs> what did they do they just threw like peanuts at him right yeah that's okay he's a crab he has a shell yeah as we determined if the rat can't get to the crab the peanuts are not going to get to the crab definitely not <laughs> crabs are too strong so do you, I'm trying to understand the concept of a zoo in Bikini Bottom because so they are sea creatures and animals themselves. So what constitutes something as it not being like a, I don't know, sentient a being, I guess, a hyper aware yeah. being? Yeah. I think this is one of those like, why is Goofy a dog, and but also Pluto's like Pluto's a dog, you know? Where it's like, if you think about it too much, it just gets too messed up. But I think it's just like, kind of like what we as humans do. Like, we we technically keep, and I think this episode is actually a perfect example of it. We technically keep all these animals who are very smart. Like, we talked about dolphins in the in the vulva break. And we also talk about, like, you know, chimpanzees and stuff. They're all very, very smart creatures. Yeah. Even elephants, man. Like, oh, elephants yeah. are super smart. And... We like keep them in zoos and stuff, but just because we have a higher level of thinking than they do, we're like cool with it. Yeah, it is. It's it is like a weird concept to think that we do keep these like intelligent other species, other beings, like yeah. in cages. Like, like they're just not smart enough to know, like, to talk to us and say, "Hey, I think this is up. it's not okay." There are some zoos that like actually do some good and try to like repopulate certain animal populations that are going like extinct or on the area endangered and stuff. So that's pretty good. But the, there's just so many zoos that I've been to in different cities that, that animals just look miserable. The cages are too small. And I think SeaWorld's a good example of that. And I think this episode is a good, uh, this is a good segue to talk about how this episode kind of bashes SeaWorld a little bit. Yeah. It's like a, like foreshadowing for blackfish. <laughs> that's true do you, yeah do you think steven uh intended that i think so as someone who being a marine biologist yeah yeah i think someone i think he does care a lot about an, marine animals i think that he spent his life studying this and stuff mm-hmm. so to go see somewhere especially in california where you're so like sea world is right there yeah to know that animals are not getting treated in a way that like is proper in any kind of way and like really mm-hmm. kind of and really awful i'm sure hurt him like yeah, on a personal level or a human level, it it's also so weird because like you know it's a double edged sword. You want to keep these animals safe, but you also like 
can't put them in like Shamu is a perfect example because you know when Blackfish came out, you realize that whoa, like I had always thought that the reason orcas had like that dorsal fin thing where it's like flopped over, uh-huh. I always thought oh that's just like a natural thing that happens, but no, it only happens to freaking orcas in captivity, and like that's kind of freaky to like imagine if you know we kept humans like that and like their right arm was just like always crooked weird really bent yeah it's like really weird but i don't know i think i don't know i'm not as extreme as other people as far as like animal rights but for me my cutoff point is again that whole intelligence threshold like does this animal understand that it's like sad right you know and and like without us being like oh i'm projecting on this animal like i'm anthropomorphizing them or whatever but also like you know when you learn about the habitat of like an orca and how far it can swim and stuff like that it's it's crazy yeah it's crazy like oh you're basically you put them in a kiddie pool when like an average pool for them would be like the size of of at least like a quarter of the ocean right yeah it is kind of crazy and it's it it is it brings up a lot of like good questions about what like, what are our roles as humans being higher intelligent beings to mm-hmm. maintain species and stuff within zoos or, and there's some, there's, I think that SeaWorld probably at some point, I think it does do some sort of habitat, like restoration for certain species and stuff. I think maybe, mm-hmm. um, not very much, though. not very much. No, no, they don't. But, um, it is just kind of interesting. Like what, or is that, do we take that upon ourselves to do that or do we let nature do what it's doing like it's it's very interesting and i think there are certain zoos who do have it right like i think sort of like open safaris and stuff mm-hmm. i think are probably the best environments for animals like if like the only big like park example i have is like magic kingdom uh mm-hmm. the animal kingdom is like it all the animals are kept on like a safari kind of As, basis yeah like kind of like a natural habitat and they bring in actual like scientists and stuff to make sure that these habitats and the animals are taken care of in the way that's they're supposed to be and i think that's proper that makes sense i think finding a good mix between the two is nice i do think that a lot of it comes down to worldwide like you know not to blame capitalism like i always blame capitalism but basically it's the fact that we want all these things so we destroy all these habitats because i'm very much around like if I never ever saw an elephant in real life, but I knew that elephants existed at like a nature reserve, mm-hmm. like I feel like that would be better off for the elephant. Yeah. And I do understand because there's a lot of like science people who are like, you know, it's it really was like me going to a zoo for the first time to really like I saw like an elephant up close and I was like, wow, I want to work with elephants. And I do get that idea, but I feel like you can get that from documentaries and from like that kind of curiosity and that drive to help animals, I think can still be developed regardless if you see one in real life. And a perfect example is like when I was younger, I lived in Hawaii for a little bit and we went to the Honolulu zoo a lot. And at the Honolulu zoo, they had this orangutan and the thing that always struck my parents about it and me about it. And still to this day, we went back to the zoo and we didn't see the orangutan there, but was how small the enclosure was for an orangutan. I'm talking about like picture a really, really fat guy. Yeah. Like 
like I'm talking about like 400 pound animal like that's in like the size of like my New York apartment. That's crazy. And it's like it they, it looks so it just looks so bored and so sad. Which also brings me to my next point is like with SpongeBob throwing like the peanuts. It's like animals are already in zoos and like animals they're like think about your dog or your cat. They're not always running around being cool. Like some of them they just sit down and do nothing. Yeah. I mean, animals, I, a lot of animals, I think people expect them to be active all the time. But, like, I only found out recently that when I was on, like, the safari, well, a safari tour, actually, that, like, probably won't see a lion out because lions sleep actually 20 hours a day. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. And I think people go to the yeah. zoos and stuff and expect to see animals, like, going crazy. It's like, nah, they're just average every day, like, living their life like, like you said, like your cat or your dog does. Yeah, like, think about how much your cat just, like, sits around and does nothing. Like, that's, like, the life of most animals. They're just like, okay, I'm not going to hunt for anything because I'm going to get fed at, like, 12 o'clock, so. Well, and especially at a zoo. Like, they already scheduled. They already know that they're going to get fed at, like, a certain time. They don't need Mm -hmm. to be more active and running around chasing other animals and stuff, so. I don't know. Like, again, I think this episode is, like, a perfect example of all those things. Like, just the fact that, like, Clamu was literally sleeping when SpongeBob threw the peanut. Um, it's in a tiny enclosure. It's only meant for like people just to gawk at, to shoot its pearl, like what, 50 feet into the air or yeah, whatever. Something. Yeah. Who we find out is a child, his child. So he's like making him shoot his own child up in the air or her. <laughs> and then I, I, my favorite part is when like the zookeeper, like Joe fish walks up to him and he's like, Oh, Clamu, what's wrong? And then it just launches him. Does he kill Joe? I think Joe I, dies. I, I don't know. Like, I didn't really pay uh, too much attention to see if Joe was also the fish that brought back the. Pearl. Oh, mm-hmm. um, in that case, like, good job, Joe, or whatever. But it's still one of those things. Like, animals, like, they care, but they don't care that much about you. You know. Yeah. I see a lot of like those videos where like, oh, this lion, this person raised this lion from a cub and then met him out in the thing, and it's like, I, I think that's a rare occurrence. Yeah, I maybe don't... less so with elephants and stuff because they're like again higher higher intelligence beings. But yeah. like, I mean, I don't hear a bunch of cases like Jane Goodall. Like she had a lot of like monkeys who did recognize her and like yeah, whatever. But I don't. I, yeah, like you said, that's I think it's a rare circumstance where that actually. It, but it could be wrong. Maybe more zookeepers like actually get connected to their animals on a personal basis. But mm-hmm. whatever. To make it a little bit more <laughs> lighthearted, <laughs> back towards the episode. <laughs> I really appreciate how much effort Patrick puts in to being a sleuth in this episode to figure out who did this. Oh yeah, he did not leave any stone unturned literally. No. Just like this grain of sand. Yeah, so what do you think is the most suspicious? The grain of sand, the rock, or the blade of grass? Hmm. I would say I don't know. Like, okay, right? so I don't know. At first, <laughs> At first, like gut instinct, and I don't know what this says about me. The blade of grass, like when he says the blade of grass, I'm like, maybe, you know, yeah. But with a more logistical like view of it, the grain of sand, because there's so much sand, right? You know, it's like one of many. Whereas, like a, I know, I guess the blade of grass because it has so much movement. I don't trust it. But the grain of sand, I feel like, has the best alibi. Like, I'm just a grain of sand. Right. What about you? You got one? I would say, I'd probably say the grain of sand for sure. I think it's like an overload. It's like, the, like you said, there's so many of them. 
be easy mm-hmm. to be like get away with it and i think the rock is just a rock <laughs> yeah i also appreciate how spongebob is the only person who could feel threatened about patrick being on the case like if right? Squidward was like oh patrick's gonna figure this out he'd be like at home sipping on my ties doing nothing yeah <laughs> you know but when it comes to SpongeBob, SpongeBob was like, "Oh, Patrick could figure this out." <laughs> Although he did find the peanut bag at his house. I know he came pretty close. Do you think? I think the kelp told him that. Oh, <laughs> the little piece of grass. Little he little was grass like, like "Let's right check SpongeBob's house." <laughs> SpongeBob did it. <laughs> I also like how much guilt that SpongeBob has throughout this, and like a little excuses he makes. One of my favorite is when he tells Sandy he has to go get his haircut, yeah. and Sandy's like. SpongeBob doesn't have hair. Yeah, that was or a does he? Uh, like, that's so jacked up. That was like a where do you think he has that hair? Right. <laughs> Not on his butt. We've seen his butt. Right. Sponge pubes. <laughs> One question I had, which is less about the episode, but do you think we as human beings would still keep pearls if we knew they hatched into little clams? Yes. I think so. We're we're pretty we're pretty screwed up. I mean, caviar is fish eggs, and mm-hmm. rich, fancy people like to eat that on their <laughs> on their food. So I guess we do the same thing with sushi. There's fish eggs on sushi sometimes too. So I don't think that we. You think we'd still be like pearl necklaces, bling bling? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't. Yeah. I guess we don't. We don't super value eggs as being like a jewelry piece right but mm-hmm. do you think it would lose its value if you're like all oh, this hatches into an ugly clam yes i think so oh can we also talk about how the name is clamu but it's a giant oyster yeah <laughs> <laughs> why do you think that is i think why couldn't it be clam well i guess i don't know i feel like that was a narrative laziness you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's like, okay, we want to name it Clamu because that's funny, but we need it oyster because it has to have a pearl. I think, yeah, I think, I think that's exactly what the situation is. I think they <laughs> the writers like, oh well. Yeah, matter. we could use them interchangeably. It's basically the same thing. <laughs> I do like how Patrick says, "Only a jerk would upset a gentle giant." I was like, mm-hmm. I, f- I feel that, Patrick. I feel that. Patrick, really the MVP of this episode, honestly. <laughs> yeah, he, he has such a way with words. Always. Always. <laughs> like, when Patrick has nuggets of wisdom, they just they shine so much brighter because of how dumb he, he is. normally is. Yeah, yeah. And then when he just says something, you're just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I... I had a hard time with like okay I get Mr. Krabs steal th- steals things yeah. but we never once like saw any type of like evidence that he actually stole the pearl except for the fact that he had the pearl. I hate and I always hate mystery shows that do that. <laughs> it's like they didn't show any they didn't show like well, they showed Mr. Krabs stealing stuff in the beginning but they never saw him in the pen no. or anything or like even like any type of other evidence it was just like this jerk stole the pearl. I just don't, I hate, like, yeah, I guess I hate mystery shows that do that because it doesn't make sense. It's like they want you to solve the mystery, but they're like, here's a loophole that you didn't see or this, like, scene or all this evidence you didn't see. I think, like, SVU is very good about that, too. (laughs) It's just like, surprise, here's all this evidence. It's actually this guy we haven't met yet. You're like, it's like, thanks. Great. Thanks for all the help. (laughs) Thanks for this investment. 
big old lesson time. Big lessons. Whoop, whoop. So, how did you feel about this week? How did you feel about the episodes in general this week? Um, the episodes in general, uh, again, a little lackluster. Mm-hmm. This this one, this one felt like a lot of filler. Maybe because I don't know. Like the first act was very much like just random jokes. Yeah. Like less storyline. Yeah. And then the second one again was also less storyline. Like it had more storyline, but it still felt pretty random as far as the jokes go. Definitely felt more like commentary about a situation. Yeah. 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 So it was a little weird. I had I had a hard time coming up with a big lesson this week. So I like the lessons with more of like a narrative mm-hmm. and then the jokes are sprinkled throughout. Yeah. I feel like these play like more like family guy episodes where like there's a super loose narrative and it's just like check out this bit. Right. Check out this next bit and here's the next bit. Yeah, it doesn't it it's hard to remain faithful to the character like happy with the characters when they're just doing bit by bit instead of actually having their personality we've come to love. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh but what did you what'd you end up with? For my big lesson, I have give credit when credit is due. Oh, that's good. All right. And the reason I picked that one is because Sandy is such a bad for being a squirrel underwater, you know? She's, as far as we know, the only squirrel to be underwater for as long as she's been. And, you know, I feel like the other sea creatures, even though they were giving her a lot of flack for not being able to breathe underwater because, you know, biology and stuff, they got to recognize the talent, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, game recognize game. Oh, it's true. I feel like a lot of people got to do that. And then for the second half, I feel like, it's kind of like the op, well, not the opposite, but like the flip side of taking credit. Like when you can take credit for a project, you can also take all the blame for it. And for SpongeBob, that was what he was kind of like doing. He was taking the blame for all the bad stuff happening to Clamu. But in reality, it was like, you know, Mr. Krabs, but he needed to take the blame. Yeah. You know, whoever is responsible needs to take the blame. You can't have like the benefits without having, you know, the responsibility of it. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. That's good. That's good. Thanks. What did you get? Um, I got that friends, like even good friends, can sometimes be bad influences and bring out the worst in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely see that with the first part. Um, that these are all like they're all friends. Everyone gets along. Sandy, Patrick, SpongeBob, maybe not Squidward, but like everyone's pretty <laughs> good friends. But they're all so obsessed with this competition and making sure that land animals or better than sea animal or whatever you know that it's like they just brought out the worst characteristics and that's why we didn't really like sandy in that episode when normally she's a really good character yeah and then the second part i kind of it was hard for me to bridge the gap but i kind of see it where i think spongebob kind of brought out the worst in um like around with being with patrick if that makes any Mm -hmm. sense you know I think they were both at the zoo and like just Patrick like being like on board, like brought up SpongeBob be like, all right, I want to make sh- I want to make Clamu do something. And like yeah. you said, and then it brought out the wor- it brought out the worst in SpongeBob when he like took the fall for it, even though Patrick had taken the fall for it already. Yeah. Like he had to step up and like take responsibility that he did throw the peanut when Patrick didn't do it. So Yeah, like think about how many times SpongeBob lied throughout that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is literally him at his worst. He never lies. He's like a nice little innocent, happy sponge. Yeah. And he spent the whole time just stressed out. Stressed out, lying. Seems like a lot of people in Bikini Bottom do that. (laughs) Classic Bikini Bottom conundrums. Good. That's pretty good. 
for being yeah, weird episodes, solid. I think they're solid. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to this week's episode. If you have any comments or anything that you want to talk about, send us something, anything on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or on ismanispodcast.com or at, a, at our email, ismanispodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you share with your friends and your enemies and to make sure you comment on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. And uh, before we go, Josh, I was really hoping I could just, you know, stand on a soapbox for a little bit and um, and say something. Can I back you up? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, go for it. Like, you, you can start if you want, and I'll, I'll, I'll jump in when I feel like it's right. Great. Bum, 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 bum. I'm here bum, 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 bum. to lay my cards on the table bum, 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 bum. to trim the branches bum. of deception. From the tree of life. And to shave away the unkept sideburns from the face of truth.